What's up, Warriors? I'm Kaylee. And I'm Betsy. And this is the Not Your Mama Pod. The Not Your Mama Pod are not experts of anything but talking. If you need medical or professional help, we do encourage you in finding the appropriate resources. Please know we are just speaking of our experiences or of the experiences of other and have no medical degrees. What's up, guys? We are back with another amazing guest. LJ is joining us today. She has been a part of B&I's social media group forever. I've been liking, sharing, adding her content for a ton of years now. And so we are beyond honored to have her here to share a little light about her journey with Endo and how she's helping our friends. But we'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, thank you for coming on. Hi, LJ, welcome. Hey, ladies. Hey, I'm excited per usual. Um, (laughs) I'm actually... Yes, I'm excited. I'm actually standing up. I'm just feeling like a little burst of energy. So I was like, let me just stand up. This is what this standing desk is for. I'm ready for it. Yes. Absolutely ready for it. Yes. We love it. Well, tell our audience a little bit about yourself in case they aren't familiar. Yes, right. So just in case you don't know who I am, I am LJ Johnson, the holistic hormone expert. I specialize in everything women's health, specifically when it comes to endometriosis, PCOS, and fibroids. The endometriosis journey is my personal journey. I know as excited as can be. If you're an endo warrior, you know how eventful yeah. it can be yes. as an endo warrior, right? Um, it took me 16 years to get my own diagnosis of endometriosis, which is why I'm so passionate about what I do, right? That 16 years of You've been there, done it, right? The gaslighting, feeling like you're crazy, you know, people telling you they're crazy, your body doing all these things where you're like, my body's being crazy. I mean, the whole thing from hating your uterus, from hating life to hating every doctor, like I've been there, done that. And so that is what really inspired me to share my story is my own struggles. And the fact that I didn't have this awesome community, right? Back, I'm old, right? I'm dating myself. I'm 43, right? Back when I was, you know, diagnosed with endo. I didn't have, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Mm -hmm. all this. I mean, we were like baby center in MySpace. I mean, we were old school. (laughs) Didn't have the communities. Nobody was talking about it. It was still very hush hush. You know, it was still kind of under a period problem. Keep quiet. You know, you're nothing special. We all have a period, but as we've evolved and as things have changed, I'm like, that is why I share my story because many of us have just been hiding in silence. Oh my gosh. Can we just pause and give you like a clap about how you are like, (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so when did you yes. get diagnosed? What year? Like how old were you? So I was 30 when I got diagnosed. Okay. Um, so started having issues at the age of 14. Um, as a woman of color, my mother sat me down and gave me this strong black woman speech that I was a strong black woman and we didn't feel pain, but I was yeah. like, I swear I'm feeling something. Like, like I hear what off. you're saying, <laughs> but I'm like, there's something going on. I could have swore I passed out this morning. You yeah. know, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out. Um, I'm also a PK, right? As a pastor's kid. So it was kind of like, pray about oh, it, yeah. drink some water and keep pushing, right? You gave yeah. it to God and that's all you got. Right. And oh. so, for me, I was just told, you know, that it wasn't real. Like even in my, you know, many people are like, oh, my doctors, I'm like, honey, it started with my mother. Like she sat me down and gave me the come to Jesus speech kind of like, you know, and I was the oldest of four, you know? So I was kind of told I wasn't able to complain about it. I was being a bad example. You know, I wasn't being grateful and it was like, well, I am being grateful, but I'm having all of these crazy things going on with my body. And so for me, it was, it was a long journey, right? So at the age of 14, I started having the issues. My cycle started when I was 12. It was kind of wonky, but nothing too crazy. But at 14, it was a game changer. So 16 years of just having all of these issues, finally getting the diagnosis. And then like many of you know, right, once you get the diagnosis, you're like, oh, thank goodness I got it. 
Right. But then there's like that throat punch Thursday, right? Where you're like, oh, did we mention there's not a cure? No cure. I have a diagnosis that means nothing that, in terms yeah. of feeling I better. Mean, Appreciate that. <laughs> thank, thank you, you that. right? It means nothing, yet it controls everything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it was really, really heartbreaking. I mean, I, I'm sure we all remember, right? The day that you got your diagnosis, or maybe you're even seeking your diagnosis. And it's just like, that breath of fresh air. And then it was just like, well, now that we told you the diagnosis, you want to go back on the birth control? You want to do this? You, it yeah. was all the same options I was given yeah. before. So yeah, right. it took me a good minute to get my diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. It definitely is just like maybe a little bit of relief that you're not crazy after years of being right. gaslit and gaslighting yeah. yourself. But beyond that, you're like, oh no, now I'm helpless again. And I thought this yeah, was going like, to help me. This it, It's like, it definitely gives you some, like, you feel a little bit like, oh, I was right, you know, validation almost. <laughs> yes, validating. Yeah. It's like yeah. that that sense of validation. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really losing it, right? Yeah, but you now, I didn't just but need then, to pray more today. Like, you do. Right. You get like punched <laughs> in the face with the fact that there's no cure and that you might never feel better. Yeah, so it's like, that's a really hard thing. So let's it's jump back tough. to being 14. What are some of those symptoms that really stand out in your mind? I think you mentioned passing out, which is super right. common for girls and women with endo. Right, right. So anybody with the uterus, right? Anyone that has endo, the main things for me were the passing out on my cycle. Um, I know, I, hate, I know TMI, but I'm gonna throw it out there. The rectal no. bleeding, right? Just we have done, no TMI right? here. No TMI here. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> we're talking about everything, right? Gut health, mm-hmm. yeah, you're good. all of it. Yeah, so- um, I had a lot of rectal bleeding, a lot of cramping, a lot of pain outside of my cycle, right? So that's yeah. the one thing I noticed that it was like, okay, my period's here. I was like, in my mind, my mindset then was, okay, I'm gonna be down and out for a week or two, right? But it got to where I was in pain every day. Yeah. Also for me, it really, the thoracic endo kicked it up as far as the asthma, right? All those inhalers and all those nebulizers, all the things that I would do on a regular basis to keep my little lungs going. When the endo flare hit, there was no albuterol. There was no nebulizer. Like none of my medications worked. And that's the biggest thing, right? right. So the diagnosis of endometriosis kind of came after the IBS, you know, because all the gut issues, the asthma, the allergies, the chronic sinus infections, the nerve pain, like all of these, you know, eczema, all these things were going on. And it was just like, ah, that was just something I dealt with. And even thinking back as a child, uh, the first seven years of my life, I spent in and out of the hospital. I had horrible asthma, horrible um, allergies. So already that um, autoimmune issue was mm-hmm. working overtime, right? And yep. then as I got older, and even now at 43, that is the main thing that I still challenge, you know, deal with as far as challenges is the autoimmune like stuff, but lots of immune system issues, my asthma and allergies, um, quality of life was just horrible, right? I'd be passing out my memory. It's interesting too. I'd have a lot of brain fog, but as far as academics, like I was now, as far as academics, you're girl 4.0 all the way 4.5 I made my first C in my master's and that wasn't even in my first master's I think it was my third right so it's academic girl got three masters here okay (laughs) (laughs) thank Um, you but this is the thing the brain fog would hit me in other ways right like the academics it was like the brain cells were all there for that but like, mm-hmm. you know, remembering, like even just something I just thought about, like I was a bedwetter, right? There were just certain things that my body, like I, I excelled in this one area, but like a girl, you know, couldn't get her bladder to work to save her life, sure. you know, as yeah. a child, right? Yeah. I couldn't remember to take my vitamins. There were certain things my mom would, you know, I'd get in trouble. I'd stay in the corner and they'd be like, I told you a thousand times, but my brain was just on just overload, yeah. overload. Yes, absolutely. We talk about brain fog a lot. I told B, I was working 70, 80 hours a week in medical IT, being a boss. And then I'd get out to my car and be like, 
I don't remember my address. Yeah. Right. I put it into my GPS. How do you not know your address? And like crying hysterically in my car because I was like, I can't call somebody and tell them I don't know my address right now. Right. That's so embarrassing. Setting a password to your computer. Oh my gosh. The next day, locking your own ass out of your computer because you don't constantly can't remember. Yeah. How do you explain that to your boss? I'm an amazing person. I know you just gave me a promotion. But while you're at it, can you call IT? Because I just, and they're like, hold it. We just promoted you because we thought you're amazing, but now you can't remember a password. And it's like, yeah, the brain fog was ridiculous. Like it was really, really, but just a lot of pain, right? A lot of chronic systemic inflammation throughout my entire body. It exasperated just about every diagnosis I had when those flares hit my entire body, which shut down system by system. So I will definitely want to get back to that, but I do want to go back a little bit because we've never had anyone with thoracic endo on. Yeah. So if you don't mind like diving into that a little bit more yes. um, and like where that's located in your body for people who don't know. Right. So mind. thoracic endo is more in your thoracic and your diaphragm, right? So for me, I already had the diagnosis of, you know, asthma. And as I say this and think about it, it's like, okay, was it really asthma when I was six or seven? Or sure. was it endo, right? And then yeah. when everything, when those hormones started really kicking up, then it turned into something else, yeah. right? So coughing up blood, you know, bloody nose, uh, um, you know, inflammation in my lungs. So like some days it looked like someone had just used my lungs, you know, as my thoracic area as a punching bag, like it was all bruised up and for no wild. reason, right? Well, think about it as a parent, right? Then my parents are taking me to the doctor. You know, the doctor's looking at my parents like, what are you doing to this girl? And right. My parents are like, I swear we didn't touch her. But like one second, I'd be good. And the next second, I'd be coughing up blood. I'd be having all these issues and just a lot of breathing issues. I, I hate to say it. It was almost a benefit or I'm grateful that I had the asthma diagnosis before. So yeah. I think they were a little quicker to kind of help me with it. I didn't have to fight for the inhaler. I didn't sure. have to fight for the nebulizer. Um, like I said, the first seven years of my life, every time I had an overnight stay at the hospital, they gave me a puppet. I've got a treasure chest of over 428 puppets. Like, oh girl, my God. Yeah. So your girl was definitely a regular at Children's Hospital in Oklahoma. Like I was, my asthma was just something my parents couldn't control. So when the thoracic endo, it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, I sure. don't know. We just knew the asthma was an issue. But when it turned into more of the thoracic endo, I mean, it was ridiculous. Like I would just have a bunch of swelling, you know, it just looked like something was over there. Like you just saw like a, you know, a bunch of blood would cluster up. I'd be very bruised. Um, I Poor bruised girl. easily. And my parents, you know, were like, they're not doing, they're like, we're not doing anything. And so because of the asthma diagnosis, I, like I said, I think it was easier for me to get some of the care that I needed um, to get into some of the specialists. But even then, I mean, what do they do? They put you another, you know, steroid inhaler. And I'm grateful for those because it helped. But when the flares hit, that's when it was like, there was something more than asthma, right? This was something right. more than a seasonal allergy. This was something more than, oh, you know, some people are like, oh, you're just always sickly. Like it was more than that because then all the band-aids, right? All the pharmaceuticals, like they stopped working, right? right. So it's like, okay, if it's truly asthma, the albuterol worked two weeks ago. Why isn't it working now, right? If it's yeah. truly asthma, then why are you, why is she taking the nebulizer? You know, why is her oxygen still going down, down, down? Like it just got to where I was getting hospitalized because my body was just under attack 24 seven. I think that's something that's very hard for non-chronic illness people to understand is that when you're in a flare up, whether it be your cycle or outside your cycle, your body is working like five times over its normal capacity because it's never at a hundred percent. And your things like your body just starts failing in more and more ways. It's exhausted. It's giving you everything it's got and it's still not enough to keep you moving. And so I do want to go into 
you getting a diagnosis? What kind of led you to push for it? So I'm making an assumption, tell me if I'm wrong, but you've lived with it for 16 years. What gave you that new push to go and try to get a diagnosis? What did your body so start doing? What happened for me was quality of life, right? And this is the part where I kind of get a little, you know, it touches my soul. Hmm. It was like, I literally got sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? I was a sure. professional. I, the biggest turn, turning point for me was I was trying everything they told me. They said, do birth control. Your girl tried it. I'm too yeah. sassy. Birth control was like, not a good match for me. It's too much sassy for my sassiness. I was like, I thought I was crazy. I was literally acting crazy. I would do things and be like, I can't even believe I just did that. Like I was like, take me away. It was not a good combination for me. Right. It, they said have babies, right. I was two children deep. I was still having issues. Right. Um, it came to a turning point. I was a single parent raising two children, zero quality of life. I'm talking about how humbling it is to have to call a neighbor and ask them to come over and dress your children and put them on the bus, right? I mean, I had to rely on people for everything. I was at this company. I rose to the top. I got this amazing position. You know, I was like second in command for this company. Two weeks later, I had to go back in in tears and hand the job back, explaining to them that, yes, I wanted the job. It was my passion. It was my best life. It was everything I wanted, but I had a body that was failing me that would not allow me to show up. So at that point, I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. Like, at some point, I'm not going to be able to provide for my children, right? It's one thing to feel like a bad mom and be on the couch and be like, oh my gosh, I can't jump with my kids on the trampoline. Sure. I can't this, that, and the other. It's a whole nother thing to be standing in court trying to explain that you are the custodial parent and that you shouldn't lose your parental rights and that you're not a drug addict and that you're not painful seeking, but you have this thing going on with your body, right? For me, I mean, it was jeopardizing my parental rights. It was jeopardizing my employment. Like I was losing everything. And for me, I'm a fighter. So I was like, okay, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. We had to figure something out, right? This just wasn't another asthma flare. It you wasn't just answers, right? It wasn't just, oh, LJ, she's just a little sensitive. You know, oh, she has food allergies. I mean, I had everything. I mean, there were times I was allergic to iceberg lettuce. I mean, crunchy water for God's sakes. Like there's not <laughs> a lot of nutrients in romaine lettuce, right? To have an allergy to that. I mean, my body was crying for help and I just got yeah. tired of it. I felt like my doctors were doing what they could. Um, you know, some of the doctors I'm, I'm quick to fire a doctor now, right back then you just kind of dealt with it. Cause you're like, yep. well, they've got the white coat. Right. But then once I got all that and I'm like, now hold it, I have all the same initials and we still need to bring some answers to the And table, I still right? know more than you boo boo. Why are you, why are yes. you questioning me? Like I am living this, uh, thank props you. To yeah. you props to you yeah. for going and finding those answers. I think B and I talk often about how we couldn't imagine while we didn't choose to not be parents and we didn't choose infertility, we couldn't imagine having a chronic illness and raising children. So we recognize that strength and that push through and that power. And girl, we're just, thank you for it's, being you. It's so much. It, it's a lot. It's absolutely a lot. And I just got tired of missing out on life, right? Yeah. I got tired of sending my children to go hang out with my parents and the grandparents taking them to the mountain house. I'm like, hold it, I'm paying the mortgage on the mountain house. I should be going up to the mountain house with the right. kids I and Denver and spent exactly. But for me, I had no other options. And so that is where my passion stemmed from. Like, yes, a lot of the journey I did alone. You know, there are people that look at my Instagram account now, you know, my students from fitness and different things or my patients and they're like, gosh, you know, we've been working through 10 years. We didn't know you were suffering. I'm like, oh, honey, we should all have a Grammy, an Emmy for acting because we know how yeah. to have a game face. We know how to look, quote unquote, normal, right? When there's like, you know, chainsaws running up and down every nerve of our body, yeah. right? Like I knew how to hold the perma smile. But at this point, it was like, I was tired of hiding 
and I wanted answers. And so for me, I did, you know, before we were saving trees, right? I printed off all these things on Dr. Google and I took them in and, you know, I was like, I think this is it. And I remember my doctor was like, you know, I think you're onto something because they had really tried everything, right? They didn't know what else to do. We've done the procedures, we've done everything. And so finally with with me, you know, I I tell people, I hate when you were trying to DIY your own healing protocol and be on Dr. Google at 2 a.m. But for me, that is what really gave me the answers. I didn't have the support system, the podcasts, all of those things. So once I got the information, I took it in and we took all the steps to get the diagnosis. But then it was like, okay, now what, right? Mm -hmm. I felt like I tried everything. And so I'm always very honest about it. Like there was a point where I gave up, right? Um, You know, hysterectomies don't cure endometriosis. But for me, I felt like that was my only option. However, when I scheduled a surgery, they couldn't get me in for six or seven months. And so I think it's definitely a blessing for me because that six or seven months is where I really turned my health around because I have to be honest, you know, some people start their programs because they're like, I just woke up and I wanted to change the world. I'm going to be honest. A girl was pretty selfish. I needed to change my own world, right? Right. I didn't want to lose custody of my children. I didn't want to lose my house. I knew that if I was going to have a surgery, I'd be out for six months. I needed income to live on. And real talk, I need another six months of income stockpiled, which yeah. meant this crippling pain that had me on the couch for the years that had to be like, I, I had to crush that down immediately because I needed to be super productive. And so while doing that, that is when I, you know, as I was pursuing my career and doing the education and stuff, I started looking more into functional medicine and started making some changes with my own world, right? My nutrition, my fitness, like I was at personally traveling and, you know, starting gyms and doing all these amazing things and telling you what to do with your health. When in the end of the day, my health was, you know, suffering. Once again, I knew how to have the look, right? I had the body, I had all these things, but silently, like I was being defeated. I was suffering every single day. And so that is the biggest turning point for me is scheduling that hysterectomy and made all those changes. And then I ended opting out of the hysterectomy, right? Because even though many of us know it's not a cure, you know, for endometriosis, it does help some people with quality of life, depending on what you're sure. going through. Yeah. But for me, it was one of the lies that I bought, right? Kind of like Lupron. Everyone always asks me, what is the one decision you regret? For me, it's Lupron. It will yeah. always be Lupron. I mean, 13 years later, I'm still paying for some of the side effects of Lupron, which I took 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, right? I went in for yeah. a three month injection. They accidentally gave me the six months, right? So I got the BOGO, the buy one, get one. Then it stayed in my body and I stayed in menopause for two and a half years, right? That was extremely rough on my body, right? So for me, I had to really take my power back, but I had to kind of hit that rock bottom where I was literally losing everything. And I was just like, this is not, this diagnosis is not going to get the best of me. I was just tired of it, to be honest. I want to give you props because I feel like that's, the part of the endometriosis journey that I hope we change for future generations. I hope we don't hit rock bottom before we find answers because there should be safety nets. There should be medical knowledge. There should be a lot more out there to save us before we get there. Unfortunately, we're gaslit. We're wrote off. We keep trying to do life. And at some point, I think every single endo warrior I know crashes and then goes, okay, how do I rebuild? Because this is not working. And a lot of times it's, it's desperation. I mean, by the time you are in so much pain that you cannot physically like live day to day, that's when you're fighting for it. So yeah. And most of us have said things to our doctors for years and years and years before getting a diagnosis. So it really is. It's like just struggling to be heard constantly. And we still use Dr. Google or podcasts or notes. We're still helping each other out because we're not supported. 
Um, before we get into functional medicine, because I do want you to share and kind of share where your passion and how you've kind of built this presence in our community. What have you done? Surgery, medication-wise, we did talk about birth control and Lupron. Were there other paths you tried as well? Right. So I did most of the hormonal replacements, right? So I have not had excision surgery. Um, you know, it works for some people. I have nothing against it. I think it's an amazing thing. It just wasn't an option I needed to personally pursue. So I basically just did all the hormonal things. I've had some procedures done, you know, laparoscopic, et cetera, but I've not had excision and I've not had a hysterectomy. That makes sense. And then are you on any actual like medications right now, or is it all functional medicine and self-guided? This is a good question, right? So I'm all natural, right? But let me tell you, sometimes you need those pharmaceuticals. So the one pharmaceutical I'm still on, thank you, Lupron. It was the buy one, get one, the BOGO, right? Hypothyroid, right? right? So I am on, I mean, I'm very honest. Like I love my supplements and I love natural, but as far as right now, I still need that support. So I do take um, a T3 and a T4 for my thyroid. So that is the one pharmaceutical that I'm on. Um, And then I did have an explant surgery, which is part of my, you know, detoxification. So explant as in I had my breast implants removed um, to 22. So I was, you know, on a pharmaceutical a little bit after that surgery, but as of just like every day, what I'm taking, it's just my thyroid is the one thing that the, the Lupron was just too much for my body and it wasn't able to bounce back as far as my thyroid. That's awesome. Well, thank you being candid about that. I know it's, yeah. I know there's different thought process, different communities. I know we're hard on ourselves and hard on others, but it's, we promote, like you got to do what works for you as an individual. We right. share our stories we share our supplements and we share our journeys because there's not a lot of research out there, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And you need to be an advocate for yourself. Be's the best. Yeah, we will. We will never shame you for doing anything. We won't shame you for using medications. We won't shame right. you for going all natural because what works for me might not work for you. What works for you is probably not going to work for me. So right. it is very much finding your own journey. And uh, I would never, ever shame anyone for that. No, I appreciate that. I will also add, sometimes people are like, okay, you know, you're the holistic hormone expert, you're all natural and you're still taking a pharmaceutical. And here's the thing, right? Do not beat yourself up just because mm-hmm. you have to take an antibiotic. You know, let's be honest. If you break your leg, I'm all for natural healing, honey, you may need to put a cast on it. You know, I'm yeah. just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. You may need surgery, right? There's not yeah, enough absolutely. water and celery juice and lemon, you know, that's going to really change your situation. Like, you know, yeah. we need to use some common sense here, but I think yeah there's a happy medium, right? There are some people that only rely on pharmaceuticals and they refuse to drink more water. You know, they won't try anything else. And then there's others that are, you know, on this holier than out, you know, I'm all natural and it's like, okay, you're all natural, but you're, you're really suffering. Like, is it time to maybe bring something in, you know, you can bring a pharmaceutical in just like a supplement to supplement the journey until you're stronger. Right. So I think there is that that whole misnomer that if, you know, I'm all natural, you know, I can't take a pharmaceutical. And then there are people that are so used to pharmaceuticals and the quick fixes that the fact that they may have to stay more consistent with a natural option. They're like, yeah, that's a little too much for me. You know, they're like, I'd rather have the Z pack kick in within two days and turn my world around. But it's like, you, you could take some natural things like lysine antivirals or, you know, to boost your immune system, but you have to be consistent. So I just, I don't want people to beat themselves up. If you do have to bring in a pharmaceutical, it doesn't mean that you're not natural and that you're not still in that holistic journey. A hundred percent. And it's whatever serves your body and serves your lifestyle. Bees a great cheerleader for me. I hate taking pain pills. Like I despise it. And it's mostly because of the fear of the additional damage I could be doing to my body. 
And right, there's right. times where I'm just like, I can barely stand up from my desk. Like I'm about in tears, just trying to walk to the bathroom and be like, it's, it's okay. If you need to take an ibuprofen, I'm like, okay, thank you. I needed somebody to remind me. It's okay. Like it's we hard. Have we have still that. have to survive. Right. You do what your body needs. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So take us a little bit, whether it be your personal a holistic journey or you know how it's turned into your coaching and how you're helping others but what's that mind frame what's your advice share with the people how you help others thank you that's an amazing question right a lot of the things i do with my patients i've done with myself and yeah. this is the first thing i say right i don't come from the high horse of this is what you need to do because this is what i learned in school right because we got all the high horse stuff right i come more from the tried and true like this is what works for me this is what did not work for me and once again what works for me may not work for you, but we need that framework, right? We're talking about nutrition changes, lifestyle changes, and as much as people don't want to hear it, mindset, right? Mindset yeah. is huge, right? And people are like, oh, that's very woo-woo. Here's the thing, honey. If after you've done everything and nothing's working, maybe time to tap into the woo-woo. I'm just you, saying, yeah. right? Like, I feel the mindset is that foundation, <laughs> right? We can I believe in some woo-woo. <laughs> right. I I'm like woo-woo. Like, I believe I can change my day with some woo-woo. So <laughs> it, it's powerful, good. right? So I mean, there's so many different pillars, but I really touch in on the nutrition, right? Um, there's the the holistic, you know, health. I mean, there's so many things. When you think holistic health, people think, oh my gosh, I'm just gonna be on a bunch of vitamins and supplements. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to be that person. But it's like, yes, you may need some supplements, but we're wanting to get to the root of the problem, what you have to understand is what you've been doing with allopathic medicine, not knocking it, but it wasn't getting to the root of the problem, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't really getting to what's going on. It didn't balance your hormones naturally, right? Like I'm not going to sit here and say I can cure your endo because that is definitely not what I'm doing. But Good, what I am- we have to cut this episode if you did. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, and cut. There and no more. <laughs> Great, LJ. Thanks. She was like, LJ was an amazing part of our community until we found out she was misleading everybody. She Right, so massages her endo. So we're going to have to say bye-bye. Right. You can oh, massage, yeah. the, massage the lesions, right? I'm with you, right? I've, I've heard some stuff out there, right? And so know, here's girl. the thing, right? It's the mindset is huge, but it's also figuring out what changes you need to make, right? Yes, you may have to bring in some supplements, but it's really, like I said, getting to the root of the problem. I'm a test and don't guess kind of person, right? I don't want to be guessing. I don't want to be throwing supplements. Like here's the deal, right? You and Dr. Google and YouTube University and all the, you know, the Instagram and the TikTok girl and the, the girl in the cute leggings who has, you know, a million followers, but has like zero credentials. Like you've already tried all of that, right? Right. So what I do is I bring you in. We do the assessment and we create a plan, right? I give you a blueprint so that you know exactly what you need to do, right? And I don't just email you the cookie cutter blueprint that I'm sending everyone, right? Because the nutrition that may work for Betsy may not work for Kay Kaylee and may be amazing for me, right? And then right. Julie will look at it and be like, oh my gosh, I'm allergic to all of those things, right? So I don't do cookie cutter coaching when it comes to your nutrition, your fitness, or your mindset, right? And those lifestyle changes, right? They're huge. So what I like to do is bring you and do the assessment and then really decide which functional test we need to bring in for your healing journey, right? A lot of times when you're dealing with endo, right, there's going to be some, you know, gut dysbiosis, right? Maybe there's something going through your vaginal biome. Maybe there's rashes, all of these things. And so, so many times it's like, you know, what can I do to stop the pain, you know? And I understand yeah. that. 
but the pain is a red flag. It's your body kicking up these symptoms, mm -hmm. right? Your body is giving you these red flags, right? Your period, may it be super heavy, may it be the murder scene period or the period that's not showing up at all. That's a vital sign, right? Yeah. So we take all that information and we build the protocol. And then I don't just set you loose and set you free, right? You're stuck with me at the hip for at least three, six, nine, 12 months, depending, usually three months minimum to really get that plan into action and implement it, right? To make changes, to pivot, right? Because I will say the same thing, right? What worked for my healing journey four or five years ago? I was strict keto. I'll be very honest, right? And people are like, oh, I'm not going to coach with keto. You know, that's fine. That works for me, but I am not strict keto now, right? So what worked for my body back then may not necessarily be the answer for you right now, right? Brilliant so that's, point. Brilliant. I love right? that. And people get discouraged, right? Because they're like, well, I'm vegan, I'm pescatarian. You know, I already eat clean, right? Okay, let's mm -hmm. be honest. We're all eating clean, right? But chicken breast and broccoli and eating six times a day, been there, done that, right? That may not heal your hormones, right? I'm right. just going to throw that out there, right? And there's a lot of mindset work, right? I mean, you need the community, you need all of these things. And when I say mindset, I think, you know, people like very woo-woo, but it's the foundation, right? Like, yes, you are dealing with a chronic illness, right? I always notice and I always say, and if you notice, I never say, you know, my endometriosis, my this, it's like, that is my diagnosis, right? I am not defined by diet, you know, by endometriosis. Yes. Now, yes, you may know me because of my endo account and you see my fun reels and my TikToks and all of that. And I love to have fun, but I am not endometriosis, right? I have taken that pain and turned it into my passion, right? I've got a fun reel coming up talking about not using, you know, en endometriosis or chronic pain as wearing it as a crown, but using it as a stepping stool. And so yes. that is what I do, right? Like I'm not for everyone. I have to be honest, right? If you want to work with me, you need to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. You're tired of hiding in plain sight. You're tired of letting life pass you by, right? You're tired of not being able to go for that promotion. You're tired of having this home business and not having any energy, right? Or even the more when you're dealing with endo, right? You're probably doing amazing for a few weeks and then all of a sudden you're MIA for a month, right? And then you kick butt for two months and then you're gone for six months and we're like, where are you at, right? right. So I'm looking for the people that want to take that next step, right? Like that is really where I come in. I think sometimes, you know, when you first get diagnosed, maybe you're not as sick and tired of getting sick and tired. You're like, eh, okay, I'm trying this. I'm trying that. But you get to a point where you're like, it's time to make a change, right? You get tired of doing the pharmaceuticals, right? You get tired of taking the birth control, which messes up your stomach, which puts you on four other medications, right? You get tired of taking the acne meds that may be clearing your skin, but causing a rash and all these other things, right? You get tired once again of being sick and tired. And that's really what I love about functional medicine and integrative medicine is it brings in all the pieces, right? I think so many times with allopathic medicine, you know, your skin issue, you know, I'll just talk for myself, my skin issue, go to the dermatologist, back pain, go to pain management. Oh, you're stressed out, uh, go to the therapist, right? It was like, everyone was doing different things. GI doctor had all of it, but it's like, no one was communicating. And if I just had that communication in the beginning of my journey, right? Um, it would have been so much easier and so much better for me to get the care I needed, right? But everyone was trying to silo everything separate. And so what I like to do is bring all the pieces together because if you are dealing with endometriosis, right? Or maybe you're listening to this and you're like, maybe it is endo, right? You know, maybe it's just, you know, maybe you've got PCOS fibroids or whatever, but endo affects every part of your world, right? So much of it, I mean, I get it. So much of it is physical pain. We focus on that, right? But it's the mental, right? It's the depression, right? It's the anxiety. Um, you know, it's the, it's the anxiety of just going to doctor's appointments and the anxiety of like, let's be honest, you know, 4th of July is coming up, right? People are super excited and it's like, oh, 
you know, you don't know if you're going to be able to go out and do fireworks. You don't know if you're going to be able to go to the lake with your family. You could be stuck on Mattress Island, right, for another holiday, right? Yet another holiday where I'm a picture person. I love my memories. I'm that old fashioned person that lays in the bed and looks at all their memories. And I'm like, Ooh, I just had so much fun, right? Like, I love that. But that was so many years that I wasn't able to do that, right? So that I get very passionate about it. But that is what I do is I really put you in the driver's seat of your health, right? Many of you, your health and your hormones are kind of driving the car like an Uber, and you're just along for the ride in the back, hoping and praying to God that, you know, maybe you'll get a breakthrough. But once you're ready for that real breakthrough, that's where I come into play. Yeah, I think you coincide a lot with our audience and what we talk about. It's not a one-stop shop. You can't fix it. You really have to work to continued health and continue effort into changing and testing and growing and seeing what works with you. You have to have a tribe and a support system because it's going to get tiring no matter how good you're doing. You're going to get exhausted. You're going to have flare-ups. It won't go away. So having that right support system, having those people that you could tap on for help, it's a huge part of succeeding in life and finding enjoyment in life again. I can't say enough of it. Right. And I think with the support system, what I've kind of realized and what I've started telling people is I have nothing against endo communities. I too, you know, run a free Facebook group. We'll put the link and everything, but here's the deal. If everyone, I repeat, if everyone in your community is always having another crappy day, they're always in another flare. If all 21,000 people and the group are posting negative and there's not one little iota of positive, right? That may not be the best community for you, right? Now it may be good for you to go and invent and be like, oh my God, guys, you know, I'm having another, you know, pinch nerve in my back, you know, I'm tried my heating pad, I tried this, do you have any suggestions? But if there's no positivity, like there has to be somebody in your support network that is getting wins, right? May it be following my account, may it be following their account, may yep. it be a therapist, a pastor or whoever, but someone in your support system, I would even go as far as saying someone in your support system needs to not have the diagnosis of endometriosis, right? Because yeah. sometimes that also shines a different light. I mean, sometimes when they don't have endo, they're like, um, I think you're being dramatic. I think you're being a hypochondriac, but sometimes you need someone in your support system. That's not always going through the struggle, right? Cause that day that you're down and out and you open up your newsfeed and all of it is poor me, woe is me another day in the dumps like yeah. that. Once again, that mindset and that community and that culture is not going to serve your healing journey. B and I talk about it all the time. I find it helpful having people that are different points of the journey, whether you're ahead or you're behind or on what certain topic, but like getting to lean right. on each other. Um, the, the cheat code here is get you a Betsy who's just naturally amazing, but (laughs) you you have to have friends that like, will look for the bright side and B and I talk often about how, whether it's endometriosis, adenomyosis or infertility, we sometimes have to put the hater goggles on and we have to like, kind of shed out some people that we love because while we understand you and we support you and we love you, we can't let you take us down when we're trying to fight for our happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The mute and the unfollow button are both beautiful things. Like I, there's going to be people who you, you may fully, uh, you know, love them and, um, want to follow them, but mute them. Like there are some people that I'm like, I can't handle the negativity every day because I got to deal with my own crap going on. (laughs) And if you can imagine we get chronic illness and then we get a lot of sadness because infertility is really hard to come out of the dark and He's doing an amazing job being my role model when I'm getting there, but it's, it's hard because there's going to be traumas and we trauma bond, but we want to make sure we make space for each other. We check in with each other. We don't unload and we use each other to find the happiness. Like 
hey, I did this really cool thing. Oh my gosh, I want to do something like that. This is my thing, right? We're supporting each other and finding who we are rather than like a pity party. Because let me tell you, there's many years where we had enough pity parties. We're done. <laughs> right, right, right. about the streamers. We, we exit. We went home. <laughs> we got it. We know. <laughs> it is. And, and like we keep saying, right? Endo touches every part of your life, right? Not just physically, but socially, financially, mentally, it touches every aspect. So you need that support. You need the community. But I think some of us, we just don't need, don't need to cling on to the community that has the most followers or the most, you know, likes yeah. or whatever, but a community that truly supports you to be living your best life. hundred percent. Agree. So tell our friends on this podcast, how they work with you. What if they think something you said is like, oh, this is, this is what I need. This is where I'm at. I do need this. I need somebody to tell me to get off my shit and just start trying a little harder. How do they <laughs> yes, work with you? I, I am your go team. I am your cheerleader. Trust and believe if you work with me, I'm bringing enough energy for the both of us. So you yes. don't have to worry about it. The best way to connect with me is, is if you want, I want definitely, to, sorry, I want to interrupt you real quick. I want to tell you guys that LJ said she was having a low energy day. No, I almost interrupted <laughs> her too. I was like this is low energy you just took me up 16 notches thank you yeah it's been a long day low energy i am here for it yes honey let's get it let's go right so the best way to partner with me no i love it um is to click the link right we're gonna offer you the link we'll put the link in this um show notes and book the free discovery call right click on the link if you have endo pcos or fibroids maybe you're listening and you're like oh my gosh i think i do have endo but i've not been diagnosed wherever you're at in your journey let's hop on that discovery every call and see how I can support you. Right. But like, here's the deal. I partner with people that want to do the work. Yes. I'm going to bring the energy. I'm going to bring the tools, but you've got to be ready to do the work. Right. And sometimes you get on the call and you're like, you know what, LJ, you maybe want me to do a little more work than I, you know, I have that I want right now. That's fine. I've got, you know, digital products. You can go to my Shopify store and buy my endo workbook. I've got an endometriosis power pack for like, I think $2.99, you get a lot of my trainings and all that. Maybe you want to do self-paced, but some of you are going to need this energy, this fire on a one-on-one basis. And so, yeah, click that link, get on the discovery call and let's get connected and see how I can support you. Yes. We'll link out your IG. We'll link out that. We'll put it all in the show notes, but I'm not going to let you run away without shouting out your podcast to come. So give people what you're working on, what that's going to be about. I'm so excited. Right. So here's the thing. I'm still on the fence for the name of it. I may do holistic hormone expert. I'm, I'm kind of deciding what I want to do. I want to come up with something super fun and sassy, but once again, this is my type A coming out. I could be overthinking it. So literally I have to real talk. I'm going to start recording the episodes when I get all them together. I'm thinking as I do it, the name will come to me. I'll come up with the logo and maybe it won't have the fun logo and all that crap in the beginning. We'll figure it out as I go. But yeah, yeah. I am super excited. The podcast is something I've wanted to do for years um, and life got in the way, health issues got in the way, you know, whatever. But I'm like, the time is now. I'm like, I'm creating all this content right I yeah. want to share my story with more people and I was like the next step I mean I've been on Clubhouse I love Clubhouse but I mean if you're even familiar with Clubhouse as an audio app you're basically doing a podcast like you are I, I know I know I I just want to kick myself I just don't know yeah. what I've been waiting on but I'm <laughs> at least a, excited <laughs> a podcast people can go and listen whenever they want whereas Clubhouse yes. You have to be live, don't yeah. you? I think you have to great. be a member. Yes. And you also, well, it's open to everyone now. So membership is open. Yes. It was like very exclusive. Anyone can get a membership and there are replays now, right? So you okay. can okay. go. So if you actually go to my clubhouse right now, it's under LJ Johnson. Um, you'll see like my little picture and it says the holistic hormone expert. I did a room earlier today about syncing with your cycle and how to work with your cycle instead of working against it. So you can listen to the replay. So clubhouse okay. has kind of updated, but podcasting, I was like, I feel like it's the next 
next step in my business and raising awareness, um, especially because so many women of color like myself, we've just normalized this pain, um, you know, mom and them and everyone put up with it. So that's just, you know, oh my gosh, you know, we're just gonna have to carry this cross. And I just really want to raise the awareness that your life doesn't have to look like that, right? Like, yeah. I think my biggest thing for anything that I would end with is that despite your chronic illness, despite your diagnosis, like that doesn't define you. You can have an amazing life despite that, right? Your quality of life may look Agreed. different than mine, may look different than Betsy's and Kaylee's, but at the end of the day, you can have quality of life and that you just really have to really, really, really remember that no matter what. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for making these strides. I know person with endometriosis or any like disease, chronic illness, it's hard. You feel gaslit, you feel alone. Um, you're doing work, you're teaching people on how to advocate for themselves and how to take control of their life. So I think it's super beautiful. And we're excited that, you know, we've benefited from your content, but now we get to kind of see this new stream and see how you can help people. And yeah, you're right. Your voice needs to get out there and streamed on all platforms. So we highly support you. Melanie, right now, if you like BNI, you're going to love her podcast because it's, it's very similar, but maybe with a little bit more expert, you know, our, our disclaimer yeah. at the beginning saying we don't know more energy. <laughs> I'm bringing the energy, baby. I'm bringing no, the energy. I love I'm it. excited I love to it. have, I'm going to have you guys come over, Anytime. you too, come over to our, my podcast as well. So I'm super excited. Yeah. We're excited. Okay. Wrap us up. Tell us the one thing that you were looking forward in life that you are so excited for and show us how you're living life. Wow. I'm excited to just raise more awareness, right? Yeah. I think I just think back to when I did it alone and to know that, you know, my children, my children's children, like it's okay to talk about period health and menstrual health and all those things are very taboo just to yeah. break that stigma. Like that is what I want to do. I want to get the podcast out, get all these things done. I'm definitely looking to do a nonprofit to try to get into the schools because I Love think it. some of this needs to be rolling out, you know, at a little younger age because, you know, endo is just not yeah. an adult disease right yeah. they're eight-year-olds 10-year-olds 10-year-olds you know eight you know 10 12 whatever dealing with this so I'm really looking to just raise more awareness at a larger scale yeah imagine if we would have known when we were in you know high school junior high oh my high gosh school, yes right like how much fast how much different our lives could have been really absolutely Absolutely and in today's different. time, speaking about our health and our worth and making sure we're not hiding issues is highly important. So thank you for right. doing that and advocating. And thank you for talking with us. It was yes. such a joy. Thank you for being here. You really are. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course.